Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews The Audio Files 2.0, Secret Underground Hideout, Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. A young couple in love, enjoying a romantic honeymoon, enjoying the pleasure of each other's company, knowing the sublime happiness of the kiss of love. But the kiss of love is a stranger here, where only evil is good, and the only kiss, the kiss of a vampire. You know what a vampire is? Yes. I've heard of vampire bats. No, not bats. Vampires. Human vampires. back to the hammer horror podcast boobs blood and badasses the trailer you heard is for the film we are covering tonight after being away for a couple months the tail end of 2020 and beginning 2021 with a vampire movie that's near and dear to both of our hearts as me and ro are big fans of vampires me especially if you checked out vlada dracula tales shameless plug but also ro her entire uh, mystique and attitude and look about her always screams being a vampire in some way. Uh, thank you for joining us for this first episode, which is coming out the week of Valentine's Day, which is appropriate for considering the content of the movie. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Dorkening Network. Uh, how are you, Ro? I'm good. Actually, really happy to be back. Uh, a much needed little hiatus, but really, really glad to come back with this movie. Right, and if anybody is following uh, you on social media, I'm sure you've uh, you have uh, certain uh, information that you can read about on Row on social media about uh, our disappearance. Uh, we won't get into it here on the podcast, but if you do follow you do follow her, she has left snippets of information here and there. And we're both glad to be back uh, doing this show. I do another show now on the Dorkening Network, uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema era podcast. Alongside the network head Leo, and we discuss Sal Basima's era of Spider-Man, which in my opinion is darker even than Todd McFarlane. 
Today we're going to talk about Kiss of the Vampire, which we are recording this on Zoom. This is kind of new for us because we normally record this on Skype. Uh, this came out from Scream Factory, I think a year ago or so, I think. Yes, 2020 actually came out from Scream Factory. Uh, and Ro posted up on her Instagram page a picture of the awesome poster with artwork by Mark Maddox, which is a scene from the movie itself. Uh, so if you go yeah. to Ro's Instagram and Twitter, you can see a picture of this amazing poster. How did you get that poster, Ro? Let's see. My awesome co-host sent it to me as a Christmas present. Awesome, <laughs> handsome, um, um, uh, 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 patient co-host. Talented. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to jump right into the episode now as we have been uh, de uh, delaying the opening of this uh, with Kiss of the Vampire. And Ro has the plot synopsis for us for this uh, pretty excellent, honestly, Hammer movie. It's, it's, oh, I love this it. Is, this is a favorite by a lot of people. And if you've never seen it, I definitely worth checking out. It is definitely not like Dracula. It is definitely something else. Mm -hmm. So Kiss of the Vampire, also known as Kiss of Evil in the U.S. version, I would not recommend that one. First debuted on September 11th, 1963, directed by Don Sharp. And our film begins with a funeral on a foggy morning while a church bell rings. And Professor Zimmer, Clifford Evans, takes the shovel and impales the coffin. The woman in the coffin screams and blood pools, revealing that she was a vampire. And the opening credits begin. Gerald, Edward de Souza, and Marianne, Jennifer Daniel, Harcourt are driving through Europe on their car runs out of gas. Looking out over the valley from the chateau window, Dr. Ravna Noel William sees them but cannot do anything before Gerald goes for help, leaving Marianne in the car. She tries to leave but is helped by Zimmer. Gerald gets a tow from, to the nearest hotel where they take a room for the night. Owners Anna, Vera Cook, and Bruno, Peter Madden, try to make the newlyweds stay a happy one, but they are clearly troubled by something and haven't had guests in a long time, seeing as all of their things are covered in dust. While Gerald and Marianne take tea in the room, a letter arrives. It is from Dr. Ravna, inviting them to dine with him. While Bruno tells them that Dr. Ravna's table is the best in the country, they decide to go. Dr. Ravna shows them around his lavish mansion and introduce them to his daughter, Sabina, Jackie Wallace, and son, Carl, Barry Warren, who is a pianist. When Carl plays one of his own compositions, Marianne is almost entranced. While they're at dinner, Zimmer finds another woman from the, from the mansion and trying to unearth someone from a grave. He stops, or he's able to stop her, but is bitten on the arm by her vampire teeth. He douses himself with alcohol and sets his arm on fire to stop the vampire bite. Meanwhile, Dr. Ravna says he is sending for some gas for their car, but it may take a few days. Gerald and Marianne return to their hotel and hear Anna sobbing in the room down the hall. Marianne peeks in and sees Anna sitting on the floor going through some clothes and photos of her daughter, Tanya Isabel Black, who has been lost to Ravna. The next day, Carl, Ravna, and his sister Sabina drop by the hotel to invite Gerald and Marianne to a party that they're going to on Saturday night. It's going to be a gala. 
Rafna is bringing in a chef from Paris and an orchestra from Vienna, and Carl and Sabina offer to loan Gerald and Marianne former clothes so they don't have to worry about their dress. Gerald invites them in for a drink, but they can't stay long as the sun is coming out. Once they arrive at the gala, Marianne is given a black mask and Gerald is given a red devil mask. Carl and Marianne dance away when Marianne takes a break and asks Ger where Gerald has gone. Carl switches his mask for one that is exactly like Gerald, and without saying a word, he leads Marianne upstairs, where he abruptly pushes her into room and locks the door. Marianne is now alone with Dr. Ravna, who mesmerizes her and bites her in the neck. Gerald is downstairs with Sabina and is getting drunk on champagne. He wonders where Marianne is, but Sabina offers him a special glass of champagne. Gerald drinks it and begins to feel sick, so Sabina takes him upstairs so that he can lie down. The partygoers suddenly take off their masks, change into white gowns, and enter a ceremonial chamber where Ravna introduces Marianne as the new disciple. Gerald wakes up and there is no evidence of any party, and everyone denies knowing Marianne. Carl tells Gerald that he came alone, drank too much, and had to sleep it off. They throw Gerald out, where he is later found lying in the road by Professor Zimmer, who takes him back to the hotel. When Gerald wakes up, he's still looking for Marianne, but even Bruno denies knowing her. All her clothes are gone, and even the police don't believe him. Only Zimmer remembers, and he tells Gerald that Marianne is being held at Ravna's chateau. Zimmer tells him about the vampires and how she's being turned into one. He tells Gerald about his own daughter, who was made by vampire, or who was made into a vampire by Ravna as well. That night, Gerald goes to the castle. He happens upon Tanya and asks for her help. Tanya leads him straight to Ravna, who calls for Marianne, and she's entranced, doesn't want anything to do with him, and spits in his face. Ravna tells Tanya to initiate Gerald, and scratches his chest, drawing blood. She goes to bite his neck and Gerald pushes her away, draws a, or draws a cross in his own blood on his chest. Zimmer enters the room and they grab Marianne and take her back to the hotel. After they secure the chateau with crosses across the entrances to seal the vampires inside. There's a full moon tonight, he says, and Capricorn is in conjunction with Saturn, a perfect night for performing a ritual that he says he's been working on to destroy the vampires. While Zimmer prepares, Ravna summons Marianne, who starts walking back to the castle. When Gerald discovers that Marianne is gone, he and Father Xavier, Noel Howlett, pursue. Zimmer summons a horde of bats and they fly into the castle and bite all the vampires to death, which releases Marianne from her trance. She wakes up and the bats leave and the end credits roll. Would you say this has probably the biggest cast of characters of any of the movies that we've done? Oh, definitely. I mean, it the Dracula films are pretty much centered around Dracula. Maybe there's like a couple people playing hookers, a couple people playing a rich aristocrats, mm -hmm. and then like the hero, the villain, the other villain besides Dracula, and the heroine. Right. That's it. You know what right. I mean? This has so many people in this freaking like cult. It's oh. unbelievable. Yeah, so there's like, not only is there like the 20 cult members, but you've got the couple, you've got the landlord couple, you've got not Van Helsing, you've got uh, <laughs> not Van Helsing. 
<laughs> we couldn't get Peter Cushing because he's the greatest of all time, like Tom Brady yeah. in the Super Bowl today. By the way, we're recording this on the day of the Super Bowl. Yay, Tampa Bay. Yes. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's, which is relevant because what state do you live in, uh, Ro? Florida. Florida. So everyone in Florida I'm, should be cheering on uh, Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, I'm kind of obligated to be a Tampa Bay fan. Right. <laughs> So, uh, so we're not going to waste any more time complaining about the cast of characters. Why don't we get into the cast of characters real fast, speed yep. right through them. So the first up, we have Clifford Evans, who happens to play <gasps> Professor Zimmer, which is kind of a cool name. It reminds me of Zimmer, the uh, composer for, or Zucker, what's the name of the composer for all the Dark Knight Christopher Nolan movies? Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you. So this guy has been in a lot of things. Uh, died in 1985, but he's also best known as... He's in Curse of the Werewolf, which is also another Hammer movie. Mm. Okay, moving on, we have Edward D'Souza, who plays Gerald Harcourt. I think he is our uh, our, our hero of the movie, uh, which is like, you feel really bad for him. We don't know who yeah. you really is. You were a drunk louse. Ouch. <laughs> that is yeah. the horror part of this movie, of like, what wife? You came alone. They play some serious mind games with this poor guy. Right. What is that also referred to today in the millennials' words of using things to describe things? Gaslight. Thank you. That's the word. Yes. Gaslight. They gaslight the fuck out of him. Holy <laughs> shit. That is yeah. the horror part of this movie. Not oh, because there are vampires. Not because there's blood. That part. We don't know who you are. Really? Because in the previous scene, you're all like, yo, what's up, buddy? Yeah. Can you imagine if they did that in The Howling? Do you remember in The Howling with Dee Wallace? Her and her husband <laughs> go to the retreat of the werewolves without knowing that it's a group of werewolves. And um, what if they started taking her husband, which, by the way, was her real-life husband. That was Dee Wallace's <laughs> real-life husband in real life, uh, into the va- uh, werewolf cult and completely gaslit her. A woman who is also, oh, no. by the way, already suffering from PTSD due to a serial killer trying to kill her because he, she was the only person he would talk to. Yeah. They, the, a lot of things in this movie are done so right. Like, right. Uh, oh, the juxtaposition when they're actually at the party. So you have the scene of Gerald getting just plastered. Like, he is getting so fucking drunk and partying and he has all this happy music and colors. And then it cuts to Marianne in a room by herself crying and I just love it. Just love it. Now, if you go on to the IMDb for uh, Edward, there's a bunch of publicity uh, lobby card stills from uh, this movie, which is kind of cool to see. You, by the way, if you have the Blu-ray, you don't need to go to IMDb. They're on the Blu-ray. But one thing I want to point out about Screen Factory's films is they put every fucking poster, lobby card, and still mm-hmm. that is in existence that they can find on their Blu-rays. You want to talk about the exhaustive amount of still pictures to look through uh, without having to Google search them? Look through the Friday the 13th box that they put out last year. Jesus Christ, there's a <laughs> ton of images. I thought the Lord of the Rings box sets had a shit ton of still footage. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Edward is also best known as being in The Spy Who Loved Me, a James Bond movie, which, of course, was Hmm. filmed uh, 10 years after this movie. But he's also in The Phantom of the Opera from 1962, a Hammer film, and The Golden Compass, which also starred uh, future uh, or current James Bond at the time, Daniel Craig. Then we go on to Noel William, who plays 
Dr. Ravna, and Noel was best known as being in Dr. Zago, The Man Who Knew Too Much, uh, which is a famous spy movie, and I believe uh, The Man in the Iron Mask, the TV series, which I can't believe that was a TV series. Yeah. That's pretty much a one-and-done story, but sure, if you want to stretch it out. Yeah. Our lead femme fatale, Marion Harcourt, she appeared in a bunch of stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, but her list is really long. Like, she's it is. a lot of stuff. But they definitely don't showcase the top-line stuff of anything that a lot of people might know, other than, like, yeah. oh, she's in, like, Kissing the Vampire, and she's in Hamlet. So Shakespeare mm-hmm. always gets top billing. Uh, she mm-hmm. passed away in 2017, but her last movie was Christmas with the Dead. <laughs> Then we move on to Don Sharp, who happens to be the director of this movie. They couldn't get Terrence Fisher, so they got Don Sharp. He was also in Tales of Excitement. He was director of several episodes of the Avengers television series. And Bear Island, which the poster and the name alone sounds really cool. It makes me want to watch it. If you click on the poster for Bear Island, that just looks action-packed. <laughs> then we have Anthony Hines, who was the screenwriter for the movie. And he was also the producer of... The Curse of Frankenstein, The Phantom of the Opera, and Godzilla vs. the Wolfman. Don't ask me about oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we will uh, take a break from the IMDb credits because there's so many and get right to the plot of the movie. So we open up with a funeral and them throwing, uh, uh, they, they throw the coffin into the grave and then they immediately shove a shovel into it and blood starts pumping out and somebody screams. Now, there is a work print cut of this movie that you can watch on this Blu-ray. In fact, there are three goddamn mm-hmm. versions of this movie on the blu-ray made for tv uncut and work print cut wow yeah there's also three goddamn commentaries too so <laughs> <laughs> uh but so when he shoves the shovel in it cuts uh in the other two versions but the uncut version you do see the blood come up and then kiss of the vampire comes up yeah it's awesome and it's that beautiful bright thick hammer blood that i so missed seeing Kit West sold the original script to the studio, and I believe it was called something else at the time. Do we know the name of the original title of the film? I had just read that. Is it listed in that book I gave you for the previous Christmas? I, it might. Let's Kiss see. of Evil. Well, Kiss of Evil is the American version. Correct. So that is the other title of the film. Yeah. The car used in the movie, by the way, was uh, first built in uh, 1903. And apparently the time period doesn't make a lot of sense for that car to be in the movie. This is similar to The Black Cat, if you've ever seen that film as well. Yes. That's a, lo- that's a very heavy, that's considered to be the pinnacle of gaslighting films in the horror mm. genre. Yeah. The Devil Rides Out, also a cult film involving a cult and people being told, oh, I don't believe what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. No, we already interacted yeah. about the thing that you're talking about. Another film yeah. that's very similar to that. Did you ever see Breakdown with um, Kurt Russell? Yes. Excellent. I love Kurt Russell. Excellent yeah. movie with Kurt Russell, by the way. Uh, yes. The innkeeper gets their bags. And so the reason why Fisher didn't direct this movie is because he was directing another film with Christopher Lee at the time. Oh, I know that I had read this. This was originally scripted to be the third Dracula movie in the Hammer series. A list of random things happened and that did not occur. Correct. Which I'm kind of glad about. I really like the way this movie turned out. I'm, uh, I love it. So they meet their host, red-dressed vampire, and uh, red lips really prominent in this scene. Basically bright, bright colors, especially if you have, if you have the Blu-ray where everything pops. Yes. Oh, yes. Carl dresses like it's Christmas, though. Yes. 
what do we have what do we have next after seeing carl dressed like christmas introducing his children and the fact that his son plays piano so well that it mesmerizes women mm. i also have a note in here now my notes are for a couple months old so a little foggy on the continuity and how i wrote this down but it says professor zimmer burns out the infection yes so while Marianne and Gerald are having a wonderful time having dinner with these vampires. Um, the one other like girl who lives with them, uh, Tanya, who is also a vampire, but not blood related to them. Uh, it was like out in the graveyard digging up people and uh, Zimmer caught her and tried to stop her from digging up other people. <laughs> and she bit his hand which is really, really weird. And he douses his arm in alcohol and then literally sets it on fire. Another movie that reminds me of burning out the infection. Now, vampire movies have done this. Like in John Carpenter's oh, yeah. Vampires, the Baldwin brother that's in that film, he gets bitten by Cheryl Lee, vamp hooker vampire in that. And he then lights his uh, lighter and burns where she bit him. Yeah, I think uh, in one of the early, was it maybe the first Dracula film? Peter Cushing does that. He sets, he burns his his uh, mark as well. Right, and he basically like braces himself to do it because he knows he's gonna, yeah. Um, he doesn't want to like collapse on the store floor completely, but he does collapse. He does pass out. Yeah, uh, yeah, tying himself up. You, you're, you are correct. Fanny, I write down the couple discovers clues. Zimmer mentions the sun coming, and the Pornhub <laughs> fantasy couple runs away. Yes, it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. So they're like porn having hub, this great, people. Uh, they're having this great time. If you're listening, Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, these siblings are weirdly attached to each other. Are yes, like, that's okay. That is that yes, is the comment I made. Because that's why. One, yes, the number one downloaded, watched, or viewed pornography on Pornhub they have said is the stepbrother stepsister. Dude, um, stuff. Yeah, I have done a lot of custom content pretending to be somebody's step sibling or sibling. It's been interesting. I mean, but the weirdest <laughs> thing anyone has ever asked me is, "Do you want me to call you daddy?" And her father had just died. Holy shit! I even I'm not that fucked up. <laughs> and I was but, like, you know, each to their own. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that I, 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 I was really like. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking about yeah. the experience. It's, it's by the way a decade old too. So. <laughs> oh, so that scene cracked my ass up because like they're all having a fun chat about the masquerade party. Yes. And, and then Zimmer comes in. He's like, Oh, by the way, the, um, the sun's up. And, and they're like, Oh shit, we gotta go. We like, we have to leave like extremely abruptly. They just drop all their shit and they leave. And Gerald and Marianne are just like, Oh, okay. I guess they just don't like the sun. Haha, ha, that's pretty interesting, right? That's not weird at all. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you not think that's weird? They're not that goth. They don't look that goth. Like, come on now. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> the masquerade ball I homage in Vlada. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, if you uh, read Vlada a Dracula tale, um, and you can PM me to get a copy, anybody listening, there's a scene in the book I homage from Kiss of the Vampire as to incorporate into my book. They go to a masquerade, uh, Vlada invites everyone to a masquerade ball 
at her at Carfax Abbey, where she has just purchased to live in and do her vampire Dracula thing. And I homage it from this movie. Oh, it's so cool. I was thrilled with this scene. This is a masquerade party. It wasn't any of that bullshit where you have like one little eye covering. It was like people had full fucking face masks and they were like monsters and like lizard people and devils and the opulence. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was like, oh, chef's kiss. It was beautiful. I wanted, it was like rich, rich people being rich people because they're vampires and they have old money and they're all fucking vampires, which was just the icing on the cake for me that all these people are fucking vampires and they're all being so ostentatious. Oh, I loved it. It reminded me of Vampire Masquerade, the video game. It was so good. Uh, Right. And there's a new version supposed to come out this year. It got delayed probably because of the pandemic, but I remember being advertised back in 2019, 2018, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. And I, yes. I'm wondering if they're delaying it because they want to release it on PS5. Good mm-hmm. luck getting a PS5 still to the day because that's the whole reason oh, Capcom's no. released in Resident Evil 8 Village. Speaking of vampires, what's the big, yes. seems to be the big villain in that movie. Big villain, get yes. it? Haha, uh-huh, she's nine feet tall. <laughs> Vampire mommy, Dommy, or Dommy, mommy. I don't know. I love it though. I love her. Yeah. Did you hear, unfortunately, one of the little cute little goth girls that were in the trailer yes. with her died of cancer? She was 39 yeah. years old. And this I was know, supposed that to really be her big sad. break. She's done other things in video games, but you look at the pictures of her online in real life, she could have been a Hollywood actress. Oh, I know. She was beautiful. It made me so... F- it was very sad. Yeah. It's kind of like a Chadwick Boseman thing. She's been yeah. very quiet. Capcom kept it very quiet. And then she died of cancer. She died of cancer. Her announcement of cancer came two weeks just before Dustin Diamond. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Moving on to something else. She gets locked away and she hears a dying, bleeding man. She gets bitten by a vampire and we witness the cult of vampires. Why the vampire is what? Why are they all in white? I know. I was a little off-put by that. Like, I felt like it was a mixed signal like i understand that they wanted to do go for the uh like cult aesthetic so they put them all in these white gowns but they're already vampires maybe put them in black gowns yeah wouldn't that like uh hide the blood a lot better also it would fit your aesthetic more your vampires come on man black yeah red black or red not white you're not not white I mean, when this movie came out in 63, I mean, cults were pretty, cults were pretty big then. Going through the IMDb list next, because we took a break due to just the amount of people in it, and I didn't want to uh, hamper down on it too hard. The next person on the list is Carl, uh, played by Barry Warren, who was in also in the Avengers, the Devil Ship Pirates, and Frankenstein Created Woman, also playing Carl. <laughs> That's if you remember him. He's got a lot of the cool lobby cards that you can find on the Blu-ray as well as IMDb. Pointing out the dresses in this movie with the women, mm-hmm. everyone is buttoned to the neck in if they are good, and they've got mm-hmm. a little bit of lace and a sex appeal to them when they become vampires. Does this rate yeah. right up there with if you become a vampire, your cup size grows too? I feel like it does. Yeah. Although I feel as a poor Marianne, she just she didn't really have a lot to work with, which is fine. She has a beautiful face. Oh, is it the Sabina, the the sister? 
she had great titties. Her she looked fantastic in her little masquerade outfit. They were good. Who was Tanya and Anna? Tanya is the younger vampire girl, and okay. Anya is her mom, who's the landlord. Okay, gotcha. Isabel Black has a fantastic photo of her as her IMDb <laughs> photo from Kiss of the Vampire. Yeah, she's she also gorgeous. the woman on the front of the Blu-ray and on your poster. Yes, I. Uh, she hasn't really done anything else, but she's she's just so cute. She has one of those faces that's like, I'm gonna fuck up your whole life, and you're gonna love it. She's like one of those faces. Her first role was in a uh, TV series called The Invisible Man, which I still have never seen oh. or been able to track down. Oh, interesting. But she was also another uh, cast member on The Avengers. Makes sense considering it's Britain. Yeah. And Vera Cook was in Never Take Candy from a Stranger. And the poster for this movie uh, has a person I'm trying to click on it. Oh, okay. So uh, it says the most challenging film of the decade. And it has a little girl with a guy in a trench coat, uh, except uh, giving her candy, and it's a hammer movie. Uh, interesting. A little bit. <laughs> so our hero shows back up the part, shows back up the mansion, and everyone is playing dumb. They don't know who Marion is, and they uh, basically throw him out. Yeah. Run bro, over until he's found by our resident <laughs> vampire hunter. You're like, bro, you came here by yourself, and you got shit faced, and it's very embarrassing. We don't no, even really know who you not. are. Yeah, get the fuck out of my house. Actually, why are you basically. here? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of uh, sucks to be him. Yeah. I do like the character played by Noel Howlett. Uh, he's Father Xavier. My son's name mm -hmm. is Xavier. Oh, that's cool. He was Xavier's also, a cool name. He's also, I remember him distinctly from uh, a role in uh, Charles Dickens' classic, one of the many thousands of iterations of it, Christmas Carol. He is the collector who comes to the door asking Scrooge for money for the poor. Oh. <laughs> and he was also in Quarterman in the Pit. Hmm which was a, another Hammer movie. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to see Netflix's Dracula? No, I didn't. Eh. The first episode's really good. The second episode's okay. And then they take a giant, ginormous leap forward in time, which really, yeah. really jarred a lot of people. Yeah, I was. I heard about it, and I heard what they did, and I was like, fuck this. Uh, I had no interest in it. But I, I'm a harsh critic about Dracula things. I'm, I'm just, I'm mean. I'm a mean person. So. Well, well, we'll have to see what your reaction is when you read my book. <laughs> <laughs> so Zimmer finds him and basically gives him the rundown about vampires. Straight up, straightforward, and mentions that his daughter was taken by Ravna as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess the girl from the beginning in the, uh, kiss in the grave, the one that he stabs with the shovel, uh, apparently is his daughter. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's why he was like crying and shit. That that apparently was his daughter. Jeez. King oh King. yeah, she spits on him. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, okay, she spits on him. And the commentary they talk about how that is extremely. Whereas today, it's it's whatever. Um, but I actually had it in my notes. That I was like, oh girl, that's not how you show you don't love someone. You just are like, oh no, girl, you do. We do that all the time. That's just kinky stuff. You gotta try harder. <laughs> but that was very controversial for the time period of 1963. Oh, yeah, I bet. She, and that looked like she really, really actually spit on him. Correct. I'm also surprised this movie is unrated. Even though it came out in 63, the ratings board was pretty well established at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the Americans felt very differently about this because the American release cut 
pretty much 50% of this movie when they mm. brought it over here. They bring Brianna home and the vampires are sealed in a circle with garlic. Yeah. Zimmer does a spell and a reading by candlelight to basically trap them in their little, he traps them. In my notes I wrote, I'm pretty sure I heard some girls talk about this on Twitter. Because <laughs> uh-huh. he says he says it's a full moon and like something something's in Capricorn and Saturn and it's like perfect and I was like oh yeah dude I see that shit on Twitter all the time. <laughs> what did you think of the the way it ends with the the flock of bats that kill uh, all of the vampires? I mean I know what they were going for. I just thought it was kind of funny looking. Oh, yeah. The bats are absolutely hilarious. They're all made of rubber. Yes. They were very adorable. In my notes, I said, it's cute. (laughs) But it's weird that the power of God has a better control over creatures of darkness than vampires, but... Well, he did... I think he was using black magic, because he said he was using the power of evil against itself, is what he said. Mm. But is it kind of like a Batman thing where Batman uses his own fear of bats against his enemies? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, think so. that's only in the Christopher Nolan movies. Batman does not have a fear of bats. No, book. <laughs> no, because that's fucking that anymore. about the Nolan films. Besides, the Batman takes eight years off because his girlfriend died. Crap. Yeah. Sorry, that's just not Batman. Batman would yeah. just continue going on. I mean, he might take a sabbatical for like a year, eight years. Are you kidding me? Anyway, yeah. back to the point that yeah. we're trying to make. That whole plot line in Batman Begins, yes. I digress. <laughs> bats okay. used to kill vampires, my notes. Uh, they wanted Okay, so they wanted to use paper bats, and they were actually, they wanted to use paper bats in this scene, but they ended up using all the rubber bats. The commentator talks about how they wanted to throw bats, I think this is the director's commentary, because there's an old <laughs> Laserdisc commentary on here, and then there's like the two <laughs> new commentaries. I think one's a podcast, and, the, and another one is a newly recorded commentary uh, during mm-hmm. the pandemic, because they mentioned the pandemic, uh, for oh, pandemic. interesting. A, a lot of the twenty twenty, a later half of 2020, 2021, I haven't seen a new 2021 film yet from Screen Factory, but a later half of 2020 films, like the Friday the 13th box set and Kiss of the Vampire, all mention the, the pandemic in some way because they recorded them back in the spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they were finished with everything else. They just had to get the commentary on there. Because then that's just right. plug and play, you know, if you know anything about editing. But he talks about they wanted to do something like William Castle and throw rubber bats out from the balcony onto the audience when the scene happens, when the vampires are attacked. Okay. I would, which Dracula, I feel like there was a Dracula film that also did the vampire and the bats thing. Where they, it just... Well, oh, I remember was they it? poured the fake blood on a real vampire, a real bat. There's a scene with that. Right. There's a real bat there was... that has fake blood poured on it, and people were, like, aghast today about it, which is, like... Right. I guess because there it's a was... wild animal, you, there's no yeah. way to really make it understand that this is okay and they'll be fine. Where, like, if you do that with a dog today, the dog is trained to understand this is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he might lick it off, so it would be like, a concoction that the dog can eat. <laughs> So that right. might be okay, but people would still consider that to be cruelty to animals. But I don't think that's cruelty if they're not hurting the animal and the animal is an acting animal. And the difference between like a human being understood that you're going to have fake blood poured on your breast, a la Carolyn Monroe in the right, right. 72 AD, and an animal which doesn't have the comprehension a human does. Right. So it's a weird mix of how is the animal treated, how is they trained, because I don't have a problem with animals being shown in films having stuff done to them. 
as long as that's not actually really happening. If the animal's a right, exactly. animal or an acting animal and they're okay, they're giving their treats or whatever, then I, I don't know. It's it's a very, you gotta be very careful with that because um, yes, no matter anything done to an animal in a film negatively is uh, some people perceive to be completely 100% wrong and some people are like, the animal's trained, they're fine, let's move on. Yeah. You know? I just, I'm trying to remember, wasn't there one that we watched that um, the bats had like attacked a whole group of people in a church? Was Shit, that the one was where the guy uses the power of God? No, I don't remember now. There, there was one though that he like the townspeople were freaking out because there was a. I mean, Batman summons the bats and Batman begins. That's the only thing what I can think that? of. In the movie, when I went to go see uh, Snakes on a Plane in 2006, they threw rubber snakes off the balcony at us when the snakes start attacking everybody on the plane. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. People were screaming in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. I would love to do that today, but I'm worried people would have some problem with it or something. Oh, yeah. William Castle was known for doing a lot of that stuff, like buzzers underneath the seats during the Tingler mm-hmm. or the flying skeleton through the auditorium, things like that. Oh, and I love they it. can't do stuff like that today because somebody would have some problem with it. Somebody would accuse them of like causing a panic. I don't know. It just, oh yeah. I yeah. think if you sign away your rights to be like, hey, we're going to do stuff during the movie that will interact with the film. Uh, do you remember in Scream 2, they gave away, they, everyone's dressed up like the killer. They have the fake knives and stuff like that. Oh, you yes. never get away with that in the real world. Oh today. God, no. Maybe in 1997 when that when Scream 2 came out. But I just don't think in today's culture, you can get away with giving away the mask of the killer from the film in plastic knives in a movie no. theater. God, no. Especially after going back to Batman and Christopher Nolan, the Dark Knight Rises incident. Oh, it was Scars of Dracula. That's, that's one, what it was. That's what when vampire bats uh, just like kill a priest and stuff. Right, exactly. Okay, so the Blu-ray for this film that we've talked about has a 4K scan of the film, new audio commentary by film historian Steve Haberman, who's been on this show, uh, uh, historian filmmaker uh, Constantine Naser, and I also have a little bit of a hammer thing recorded by Steve for the show. I haven't plugged in yet. I could plug into this show, but it's about Hammer's unmade Vampirella movie because they were planning to make Vampirella at one point. Oh. A new feature, Men Who Made Hammer, James Bernard. New feature, Men Who Made Hammer, Bernard Robinson. Audio commentary of actors Edward D'Souza, Jeffries Daniel, and moderated by Peter Irving. That's the one I think that is from the Laserdisc. Uh, okay. As well as deleted scenes, theatrical po- uh, theatrical trailer, and then a uh, plethora of stills and all the posters from all over the world. So you don't just get the posters in the book that I sent you. You get the posters from like all over the world of Kiss of the Vampire. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, plus the ones that said Kiss of Evil. Yes. That's all the notes I have here tonight for Boobs, Blood, and Badasses coverage of Kiss of the Vampire. Do you have anything else, Ro? No, I don't think so. That was pretty much all I had. Okay, now we're going to reward our Boobs, Blood, and Badass reward. This is something we stick into every show. What uh, did the movie have for a badass character? It's our resident vampire hunter in this movie. The boobs are kind of all over the place, so most of the women in this film are going to get awarded it. Probably going to give it to Marion since she's the cover girl for the Scream Factory release Blu-ray. And then the, uh, the blood definitely goes to the bats, and the blood scene at the end where they're all getting attacked by vampire bats, or bats being summoned from the black magic spell. So there you go, our boobs, blood, and badass rewards for the film. The next film that we're going to be covering, it will be with less time between episodes, will be the Hammer film, The Mummy. So stay tuned for that. 
You can find us on Twitter at Chris D S A V. And you can find me at Ro Lauren and that's R O L zero R E N. And you can look for all the other shows on the Dorkening Network. Go to the dorkeningnetwork.com or find me on any number of my podcasts. You can send us an email at thatradiopower at gmail.com. Every Tuesday, I'm sometimes on Splash Pages, the comic book show I do with Leo and Rich and other guests. The time at recording this, we are currently covering a five-part tombstone storyline in the spectacular Spider-Man, going over the albino African-American uh, mafia hitman tombstone in the Spider-Man comic books. But that's the other show I do on the Dorking Network. And we'll be back in a few weeks with The Mummy from Hammer, Yay! starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Hooray! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>